This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I seriously love BetterHelp so much. They're one of my favorite sponsors, and I will tell you why I love them so much. When I started this podcast, I was going through a really rough time. I'm talking drug relapse, drug addiction, drug abuse, relationship issues, anxiety, depression. I was going through one of the craziest moves of my life, so therapy really helped me get through a lot of that. And online therapy is, in my opinion, even better than going to a therapist's office because, let's face it, our lives have changed the last year or so, and I just feel like online therapy is the best way to go. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating with them in less than 48 hours. They really do match you with, with a therapist so quickly. It takes, in my case, less than 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which might not really be locally available in all areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and it's super easy to access your account. You can log in, you can send a message to your counselor really at any time you want, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, whatever you prefer. I like to do phone sessions sometimes because sometimes I like to, to go on a walk when I, go on, when I do my therapy sessions. It's really up to you. Traditional therapy can come with kind of a stressful energy attached to it. So I really love how BetterHelp is really controlled by the, the patient. If you want to connect with your therapist and communicate something with them, they have a journal feature, which I absolutely love. This journal feature has the option of sharing your journal entries with your therapist, but if you want to keep them totally uh, private and anonymous towards yourself, you don't have to share them with your therapist. But I really like this feature because for many of us, starting fresh with a new therapist gives us a lot of anxiety and it can trigger us. Um, so if you feel like that, you're not alone. I felt the same exact way because let's face it, a new therapist has to ask questions and try to get on the same page as where their client is. And sometimes rehashing our, our history of trauma and all the details can become kind of exhausting and a little bit annoying. So what I do when I start with a new therapist, like I did on BetterHelp, is I use the journal feature and I wrote kind of a lengthy email explaining to the therapist where what I've been through in the last few years, where I'm at right now, what I'm looking for in therapy, and what kind of therapy I've done, what kind of therapy I'm interested in, and what I'd like um, out of a therapist. So this is super important. If starting with a brand new therapist gives you panic or anxiety or stress, 
This is the most stress-free approach you could possibly do. I love how they matched me with someone with the experience and qualifications that I asked for. I personally asked for a therapist who had some experience with eating disorders, depression, and relationship trauma. Once BetterHelp matched me with my therapist, she messaged me right away and then I scheduled my first session with her for that week. The process is easy, effortless, and stress-free. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. So if you're going through a hard time right now, and let's face it, so many of us are, whether it's emotional turbulence, depression, anxiety, relationship issues, LGBTQ issues, whatever it is, body image, self-esteem, BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com vibe. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Vibe within listeners, you get 10% off of your first month of online counseling at betterhelp.com slash vibe. That's betterhelp.com slash vibe. Betterhelp.com slash vibe. Go start online therapy. DM me on Instagram. Let me know how it's going. And I hope that you get the help, the support, and the healing that you deserve. Welcome to the Vibe Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen. Each week, we will connect through stories and conversations about wellness, yoga, addictions, spirituality, mental health, rituals, and everything in between. The goal is to transform our traumas into strengths to create the change we desire in our lives. My mission is to help others by shining awareness on real-life topics so we can learn new ways to heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Whatever you are going through in this moment, you are not alone, so let's connect and heal our vibe within. But how can I transform resistance? Release that struggle and harm into calm energy. Welcome back to the podcast. This song is by my friend Matt Bellina. This song is called Brand New Brain. And I helped co-write this song and he wrote all the music, all original music. Matt Bellina, go follow him on Instagram. I'll put his information in the show notes. But Matt and I have been collaborating on some songs and we are working on an EP that hopefully will get up on Spotify soon. But all of his music is super fresh, super good vibes. Like, I know I've talked a lot about how music is a really weird thing to me recently and how music can equally be as triggering as it can be healing. So I've, I've noticed that I have not been listening to music that much recently because of the effect it has on my emotional state. 
um, if a song takes me back to college or high school, it's usually not a good thing. It's usually connected to memories or trauma or things that I just don't want to feel. And music has that capability of kind of triggering and activating your body so that it can feel the same feeling that you felt that day of if wherever that song resonates, wherever it hits in your past. So that's just my little spiel about music. I haven't been listening to too much music recently, um, but whenever Matt and I collaborate on a song and he sends me what he's been working on, it usually just, it really just hits and it feels good whenever I listen to it. So that's that. I hope everybody is doing all right. Um, I am excited for this episode to finally share it with you. This episode is with me and my friend Val, one of my best friends from art school. We've known each other for, you know, over a decade. And in this episode, we talk about relationships, falling in love with potential, toxic relationships. Val talks about her divorce. She talks about different phases of her life and different relationships. Uh, We talk about what it means to be Um, to have these rose-colored glasses on and to fall in love with people's potential and try to fix them. Uh, We talk about rock bottoms and challenging experiences that we've gone through in our lives and I really feel like this episode is gonna is gonna resonate with a lot of you guys because it's not just about um, relationships, it's about mental health, it's about really just becoming who you are and being okay to be alone, being okay to be single, living your life, Um, success, entrepreneurship, career. Me and Val can talk for hours and hours. So this is just the first episode with me and Val, and she will be a reoccurring guest coming on the podcast, which I'm super excited about. Uh, Val lives in New York. She's a photographer. She does amazing work. I'll put her information in the show notes, but you can follow her on Instagram. Her Instagram is Good Exposure. So I will keep this intro short and we will just get right into the episode. Enjoy. All right. So I'm with my one of my dear friends, Val. And today when I was thinking about our episode, which has been a long time coming, we've been wanting to do this for a really long time. Um, I was thinking about how we did not meet on Instagram, which is how I've met a lot of people who have come on my podcast is through Instagram. We met in the wild before Instagram was an actual thing. And we were doing like hood rat Instagram shit before Instagram was a thing. Like we were doing photo shoots and you were putting filters on my photos before Instagram was even a fucking thing. Like, yeah, (laughs) that's crazy to think about. That's super crazy to think about. What were we even making content for? That's my question. That's okay. So Facebook, (laughs) literally. Or like our blog. I didn't even have a blog, but I know that you, I mean, you did because of your, your photography stuff. And like, so we met, we met while we were both in art school. And I think you just like love like I love taking pictures of fashion stuff and you love taking pictures of like you just loved like the the lifestyle kind of like photography at the time so we just kind of like meshed you know and I remember you like 
coming up with these ideas and then like watching you edit and do Lightroom and Photoshop. And then I guess we would just post your photos that you would take on Facebook. Yeah, I guess it was Facebook. Now I I was trying to like impress my family members, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. Like, (laughs) how did we even meet though? I honestly don't know if I remember. Was it in, it was quarterback. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we worked at a restaurant together. Both lived at the restaurant, so, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Yeah, when I look back at this time, like, this is – I mean, we, we met, like, the most prime time of our lives, I think. Like, I, I got that job at Quarterdeck, and, and you were working there, and I, like, needed a place to live, and you were training me. You were, like, my, my waitress trainer. Y- you were <laughs> – and oh, you're like oh you're like oh, yeah you go to AI too oh my god cool and then like I think you were like 22 or 23 and I was like 20 maybe yeah and yeah. like you were like oh you need a place to live oh my god the, the apartment upstairs is open and like it just it just happened like that and then all of a sudden me and you are like best friends neighbors co-workers peers friends like it was crazy we hung out together all yeah the like time. we it was so fun yeah. I had no money but I had no worries either <laughs> so yeah well so at that time um we were obviously in art school and we were like struggling financially um you were in a relationship at the time and we will get into relationships and stuff and I feel like that was um the prime time in my life I don't know about yours but it was like when I was dealing with like codependency and like falling in love with with dudes potential and like seeing them through rose-colored glasses would you say that's how you were at that time oh definitely I mean I was so I was dating a guy that worked at the restaurant okay wait one, one side note if we talk about guys in this podcast episode, we're going to give them nicknames. So we're not going to give any real names. Everybody can calm down. We're not putting anybody on blast. So you can give him a nickname. Totally. Yeah, I was just thinking I don't want to put out his name, but I will just call him, I don't know, uh, okay. <laughs> kitchen guy. <laughs> Perfect. He worked. He worked in the kitchen. He was. He was exactly that. Like looked like he had tons of potential. He came from a good family. He was in college when I met him um, to become an architect. He had his own car. Whatever. He had a job. Um, and by the end of it, he was like dealing drugs and like out of my apartment. He told. I remember his dad came into town one time and he told his dad that the apartment he was living in was his apartment, even though it was my apartment and he hadn't paid any rent there. And he told me like 30 minutes before his dad showed up. So I had no way to like get out of it. It was so awkward. We went and sat across the street at a restaurant and his dad was like, oh, I'm so proud of you. And I had to sit there and just like endure. And it wasn't even a nice apartment or anything to be proud of, but it was just so fucking weird. I don't know. And what was the straw that broke the candles? I don't I think it was because I met my ex. At that time, I met my ex. Um, We'll just call him my ex because I was with him Mm -hmm. for seven years. And, and I've, I think I eventually had the balls to like call it quits with kitchen guy because 
he was the worst. Okay, wait. So <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know worst. that kitchen guy was in school for architecture because my ex, I call him Chef because I've talked about him on this podcast before. His name is Chef because same fucking thing. Met him at um, Burger and Beer Joint, and he was like a chef in the kitchen. Yeah, he was in school for architecture, like. So many parallel lines that I didn't know. And then he started selling weed. and But, like, all the guys yeah. that, like, I was into between ages 18 to, like, my late 20s were definitely into drugs, selling drugs, doing drugs, partying. That's just the basis of, of it all. Yeah. I mean, I've always pretty much always smoked weed since I was 19, but I've never done really hard drugs. Like I've never really been, I put cocaine in my mouth once I think. Um, but I like, I've never like railed lines off of a hooker at a strip club in Miami. You know what I mean? I've just never done that. That never was my lifestyle. But for some reason I was always around these people that did that. And I never judged them, but I just like, when it came into my home, I was like, okay, like we can't, this can't be like a coke house we, like, we can't do that so yeah and then I think he was like cheating on me too with the girl downstairs who would like sit at the bar and get a whole pint glass of um ca- warm Captain Ew. Morgan and then just sit what on the it fuck? it was so gross oh I cannot Fort, Fort Lauderdale was so yeah ratchet like, <laughs> looking back, I'm just like, I can't believe I survived. Well, honestly. I mean, I know some of the listeners are actually very Fort Lauderdale-based and Miami-based and Florida-based, mm-hmm. so some of them will probably know exactly what we're talking about, um, because yeah. Fort Lauderdale is a just a fucking straight-up college town, drinking, partying, and we were going to Art Institute, which... Um, I I want to say it was a good experience. Me, I, I learned a lot. I learned about myself. I learned a lot about art and and marketing. But so much trauma happened by going to that school. Like, for real. Mostly financial trauma. Well, not only financial <laughs> trauma, but like sexual trauma and like toxic relationships. Yeah. And like, I'm not blaming AI, but all the people that I met in my Florida life came from AI and especially when I was living in the dorms I think this was before I met you but um it was really really fucking weird I mean pills cocaine just every drug imaginable yeah I never so I never lived in the dorms but I remember going there because Chris lived there my friend Chris and I can totally shout out what up Chris Um, he's just a good friend of mine (laughs) What up, Chris? If you're listening, Chris is the shit. He lives in New York with me now. Not with me, but he lives in New York with his wife. Jenny. Hey, Jenny. Um, Hey, Jenny. (laughs) Hey, girl. Shout out. We love you. Um, But yeah, I used to go and hang out there a lot, and I could totally feel that vibe. Like, there was always drugs around and stuff. And AI was – it was weird. If I look back, I don't think I ever dated anyone at AI. You're lucky. Which is so strange to think about. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) But I don't remember, like, I don't think I ever had, like, a crush on anyone in the photo program or anything like that. Um, But there was just a lot of, like, weird things that happened in my time and living in Fort Lauderdale. And I am going back on Friday to hang out with a friend. And, uh, yeah, I'm having a lot of anxiety about it. Because there's a lot of really good things that happen there, but a lot of bad things, too. And most of the good things that happened were under the guise of, like, drugs and alcohol. So, 
or I guess just alcohol for me. But yeah, it just is a really, really weird time in my life. But also I have so many good memories, like hanging out with you all the time and like going to the beach just perpet. I was so tan. Oh my God, I was so tan. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that you have every right to be kind of like a little worried about going back to Fort Lauderdale because it, it like when you go back into those environments and like your body gets like activated and like just like when you listen to, to an old band or like when I listen to Modest Mouse it just instantly brings me back to art school like there's music that will take you back there's places that will take you back and it's like a lot of like good memories but like nostalgia is sometimes really uncomfortable Yeah, I think that's what I'm afraid of. Like, I know that there's going to be things that I miss, like, oh, I can't wait to go to this place or eat here or whatever. But then there's going to be a bunch of things like that I maybe don't even remember that make me feel a certain type of way. And I'm a little nervous for that. Like, it's really just the unknown. But I'm in a good place right now and I feel like I can handle it. Um, It's just going to be really, really weird. I've lived in New York for three years. I've only been to Miami twice since I lived here, and I always fly into MIA and just hang out. And You know, I never go into Broward at all. So, um, yeah, that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, me too. I haven't been to Fort Lauderdale um, in a really long time. The only time that I've visited Florida is Miami, and um, the last time that I went there was really triggering and really weird, but also, like, a very deep, deep, like, soul learning experience. Like, I wrote a lot and, like, got closure with with a chef, my ex. So I think it'll be good for you because, like, you can, you can kind of, like, rewrite your Fort Lauderdale story in a way. Like, kind of get that closure that you needed. Like, Fort Lauderdale is, like, kind of like a relationship Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you were saying that the other day and I think it's like, I also feel pretty powerful over like my mind and body right now. So I, I think it'll be fine. I just, um, maybe I do need a little closure there that I never even kind of knew I needed. Cause I know the last two times I've went to Miami, I've left very Mm -hmm. annoyed, like at everything. I mean, the first time I went back was I think after a year and a half of living in New York, I had a full mental breakdown at brunch in Coconut Grove, like fully, like screaming at my mom it was so stressful and I had I had been so good for a year and a half in New York and I went down there and I was like I don't even know this person like I'm screaming what the hell I haven't screamed and since my last relationship you know um and then this last time I went in January I went for my birthday and it's just just same thing like I was so uncomfortable it's hard not to compare to my life now so that's what I'm trying to do is when I go there I I don't compare it um I think like when you're in a place that has been so traumatic in ways like it can it can bring like the worst out of you like um yeah uh, like when I'm home when I'm at home living with my I'm living with my mom and my stepdad here I feel like the worst comes out of me here like like a version of myself that I just do not like and when I'm around other people in like a different place like that's why I'm going on this trip to to Mexico because I need to like I need to feel like who I am when I'm not in this environment around family or around like a traumatic kind of energy you know 
Yeah, I think that's really important. I need to take a I'm going to take a solo trip to Mexico too. I was actually looking at places yesterday, but I just um it's weird like when I'm in New York and I'm in my apartment, I'm the best version of myself, and then when I go back to Miami or you know, home even. Miami sort of – it sort of feels like going back to your hometown yeah. at this point. Like I lived there for so long, like 15 years in South Florida collectively, that it just feels like a, – a big thing that I realized last time is everybody was sort of treating me like I was the same person I was three years ago, right? Because they haven't seen me in three years. So they're just like, oh, do you want to go get drunk or do you want to – like they just were like assuming I was a certain way and I felt a lot of pushback from people and I had to just remind them like, hey, I'm not going to fight with you. I'm not going to get drunk with you. I'm going to go to bed at like 10 p.m. and wake up and probably go for a bike ride. Like that's my life now and it was really, really hard to not be judged on who I was three years prior. Um, Not to mention that, you know, I had, like, some of the best parts of my marriage and and the worst parts of my marriage there, too. So that's always, like, really triggering. Plus, I mean, just, like, off-topic, people are super fucking rude in Miami. (laughs) I never realized that. Like, not everyone, obviously. Some of my best friends live there. But I just never, like, realized it when I lived there. And then I moved to New York, and everyone is so nice here. Like, they don't want to talk to you ever but if you ask them a question, they'll literally walk you to wherever you right. need to go and be like, you good? Um, whereas in Miami, people are just like – they're really negative. Like this negative energy is just yeah. in the air and it's so hard it's to It's a weird with. energy. It's like um, everybody's kind of like yeah. in this weird stuck up like – or you're a foreigner. You just like don't even know what the fuck is happening half the time you live in Miami. Like I've I, – I love Miami because I – I mean, I taught yoga there full time. I like made my life there. And then a lot of fucked up shit happened Mm -hmm. to me there too. So it's like when I went there in August, I got closure not only with my ex, but I got closure with the city in general. And I actually felt really good because I was able to hang out with my gay friends and like my gay friend let me stay in his, in his penthouse that was empty for the time being. And I, I taught, I you love a, lo- a good gay friend with a penthouse. <laughs> right? He was like – he was In like, Miami. <laughs> he was like, you can stand here. There is no furniture at all. I slept on a fucking blow-up mattress, and it was a vacant apartment, and that's where I um, filmed a lot of yoga classes. And, like – so it was, like, a good – it was, like, a good experience that, like, I needed because the last time I was in Miami, I was scammed by a real estate agent, had to put my shit in storage. It was like, it was traumatic the way that I left. I I left my yoga jobs and I just kind of told them that I needed a break. But in reality, I was homeless and I didn't want to like tell them that. First of all, is there anything anything more Miami Miami than like an empty house and house mattress on the floor? Like it's like most Miami 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 thing. Hold on, you're sounding, you're sounding Uh, like an alien right now. For some reason. Whoa. Plug it in and then plug it out, maybe. Did I move the mic? Is that better? It sounds kind of... Okay, now it's not making that sound. Okay, good. Yeah. It's fine now? Yeah. Okay, cool. I just can't move or breathe. <laughs> um, I just bought, like, the $10 mic on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything more Miami than, like, a penthouse that's empty? Yeah. I mean, you know? it was... I don't know. That's and my so gay funny. friends are just... I mean, you you know. the You know the importance of gay, of gay energy. Um. Oh, it's in my life <laughs> yeah. every day with my brother. It's... I don't know what I would do without it. I just yeah. need it. 
<laughs> we're out at um we were at, out at brunch today and he's like, Ugh, I just love money. <laughs> we're just eating a salad. And he's like, he has so like funny. the best one liners. So funny. Yeah. If you if we link my Instagram, my brother oh, has we a will. whole series on my Instagram of shit that he says. Um, I kind of want to um, go I want to go back to what you were saying before about how you like you lived in, in South Florida for like 15 years collectively and some of the best memories and some of the worst memories of your previous marriage were there and like that could have been why you were obviously like kind of activated or whatever and like um I mean I knew you before your marriage during after and now so I'd love to hear kind of like just like the experience of what it was like going through that kind of breakup because it was not just your typical breakup it was a divorce and I know that a lot of people listening um have gone through something like that or maybe are right now? Yeah, I mean, I don't even know where to begin, but there's there's a lot of people that don't um, know me from before it, so it's really cool that you do. Um, yeah, there's a lot of amazing memories with this person. I mean, I remember in particular when we first met, um, I mean, the way that he did it was just so sweet. He like bought me something that I had mentioned. We worked together and he bought me something that I had mentioned I wanted, even though I had a boyfriend. It was just not even trying to get in my pants. It was literally just like, I want to be your friend. I heard that you wanted this thing. I'm not your secret Santa. What was it? Have it. I mean, I obviously it was perfume. I knew it. I knew it. I I remember this day. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Like at the time, like Daisy was like Gucci to me. So like I could not afford it. And so he bought me like a small bottle of Daisy and I thought it was just the sweetest thing. I mean, I guess he was trying to get in my pants now that I think back. But um, yeah, he was just really, really sweet. And I remember this one time we were driving over the causeway in Fort Lauderdale and I was like looking out the window and I don't think I'd ever felt that amount of like happiness or joy in my entire life. I was like, I can't believe I'm so young and I found this person and I have so many years that I get to spend with them. I'm so lucky. And I was overwhelmed to the point where I was like crying. Um, and you know, we had a lot of really good years together. We did everything really slow. We like dated for a couple years. I eventually moved in with him and his cousins on Fort Lauderdale beach because I didn't like my roommate situation, but you know, we put a timeline on it. We got our own apartment. We moved to Miami and then pretty much right after that, it just went downhill from there. Like literally the first day I moved into that building like shit hit the fan and I don't know if there was ever a way to avoid that because I truly thought I knew him I mean we had been dating for like almost three years before we moved in together so I don't know how much more patient I could be or how much I could have gotten to know him even more I was living with like his family members so yeah and he just he turned into a different person he was like jealous that I was talking to the neighbors because they were two guys and I remember him saying like oh if you just want to like go fuck them you could fuck them or whatever and it was just really toxic from that point on but it was weird because I was already so wrapped up in it and I and I had had all these super happy moments that I really wanted to make this work with this person so literally I put in like four year or three years of work and then I would say the last year that we were together I had just kind of given up like I started removing myself emotionally from this situation I eventually flew to Germany to see a friend I had no um like preconceived idea that I would like this person I just was like I need to get out of this house I need to get kind of how you're going to Mexico I just needed to remove myself and see who I was in a different situation 
my ex couldn't travel at all because of his um, status as, uh, you know, he was an immigrant. And so we did a lot of traveling in the U.S., which I thank him for. Um, but I couldn't travel abroad for like six years without him. I guess I could have, but I was in a codependent toxic relationship. Right. So I didn't. <laughs> um and yeah, and then I just like I went over to Berlin. I like thought I fell in love with this guy, but I think it was just a cry for help. And yeah, I came back, split up with him, and whatever. It just from there on, I don't know how much detail we should go into, but from then on it was just like a chapter of like growth. I start I put myself in therapy. I tried to get him into therapy. I moved back to Miami, moved to Berlin, moved back to Miami. And then um, lived on my own for a year before I decided to move to New York because he just was not trying. I mean, I would drive him to therapy and he wouldn't even, like, want to go. I would be like, I'll literally make the appointment and give you a ride. And he just wasn't having it. Mm. So um, I had to send him kind of an email just like, I'm moving to New York. And we have been – well, up until December, we were – I think we were only married for two years and we've been split up for three. Wow, has it been that long already? And we are. Yeah. So tomorrow is my three year anniversary in New York and him and I split up a year before I left Miami Mm -hmm. to come to New York. So it took like three and a half years for us to get divorced because he was uncooperative um, to the point to where I eventually just hired a lawyer and it just went through. So, yeah, that's where we're at now. And it's weird because, like, I had so many years of being able to process the divorce, unlike most people, that um, when it, when I got the email that I was, like, officially divorced, it just it – it literally came through my email. I was on a mountain in Southern California directing a pharmaceutical commercial. And I had, like, a whole team of guys underneath me and, like, I was the studio manager and the retoucher and I was – I was just fucking killing it. You know what I mean? Like I was like at the pinnacle of like where I wanted to be. And I got an email and it was like, you're divorced. And I was just like, okay, where's the coffee? Where's craft services? (laughs) Like I need coffee. You're like on a mountaintop. (laughs) Like fuck yeah. Like is that is like, that is such like crazy like symbolism and like an example of like how funny like the universe is. Like I think like the universe or like our spirit guides or like whatever you want to call it has like a really funny sense of humor because you know there's there's times in my life where I've just been like standing there like wow this is literally comedy like I remember when I when all that shit went down in Miami when I got scammed by the real estate agent put all my shit in storage I was literally homeless for a week teaching yoga And the day that I literally put all my stuff in my storage units, this client of mine, this billionaire client of mine from Epic Hotel texted me and said, hey, it's my birthday. Come to Zuma. We want you here. We want you here at dinner. And I'm like, I'm wearing fucking sweatpants. I look like a crazy person. And he was like, we don't care. Like, and they they really don't. They're like the coolest old, old guy ever. Um, I may or may not have done some weird things with him for money, but he invited me to his fucking dinner and I was like, I walked, I walk into Zuma and I'm like crazy messy bun, vans, like sweatpants, like sweaty, smelling like shit. I do not fit into Zuma. And like when I sit down at the table, everybody's like, oh, can we get anything? Blah, blah, blah. Like, like they had Coke, like, and it was just like, 
this is comedy. Like I'm literally homeless and I'm sitting in like a five-star restaurant in Miami. Like it just makes no fucking sense. You know what I mean? So I feel like um, spirit kind of like throws us some like bones. And that was like your, your moment where like spirit threw you a bone and like just kind of like gave you that gift. Yeah, everything certainly aligned. And it was like funny too because I was crushing on this guy the whole time I was there and it was like day five of 10 days on set. And he is in a similar situation where he's been married for three years past his separation and he's trying to get divorced and whatever. It's like really difficult for his partner to process that information, I suppose. But yeah, like day five I was like oh my god and I told him I was divorced he was like oh my god congrats and then day 10 we were just like we I was like I looked at him on the last night of being on this trip and I was like we should make out yes like he's like what I'm like yeah dude like I'm fully divorced like we should I'm full-blown divorced (laughs) full fucking blown it was awesome but it's just it's kind of weird to not cry about it that's definitely like it was so anticlimactic in that moment. It was a little bit of comedy, but it was just like also so an- anticlimactic. It was like, what is even happening? Yeah. Okay, sure. I didn't think this. I thought what was going to happen too, and this is because of COVID, I thought I was going to go to Miami, put on an epic dress, go to the courthouse, have my hearing, get divorced, see him, mm-hmm. say good riddance. I thought I was going to have like this Closure. moment. And it never happened. Yeah. yeah, it never happened. So I've been working on trying to find closure in my own way. Um, I think I'm finally there. But yeah, that's part of the reason why I got a therapist a couple weeks well, ago. Well, I mean, I we're gonna work. I love therapy. Shit. My cats are driving me crazy. They just keep either running in or running out. So it's either choose one or the other. Um, I can. Yeah, I saw it jumping. Around. <laughs> well, so when you're explaining your, you know, your relationship with your ex. Um, that was a very like hyper lapsed kind of version, but like something that came up that I, you know, wanted to talk to to you about is just like how we, we fall in love with like this version of them and then how much they can change in an instant. And like, that has been like the common thread of like, all of my relationships with guys even if it's just like a fling even if it's just a fuck buddy it's like one minute they're like totally into me they're like so great even if it's just potential it's like they're just like a good human and then all of a sudden you know something changes and it's like what is that you know yeah I mean it's really jarring when it happens after three years and you're like you have boxes in an empty apartment and you're so excited. That's like really fucking sucks. I, if it happens like while I'm dating somebody, I almost just don't even care anymore. Cause I'm just like, whatever. I kind of expected this sort of prepare for the worst. Like you were saying mm-hmm. yesterday. All right, let's be real. Buying vitamins and supplements can become overwhelming and super stressful. Honestly, I find myself in rabbit holes on the internet trying to find the lowest prices for the best supplements and it can feel like a full-time job. If you're anything like me and really into healing holistically through vitamins and supplements, then using Care Of is a great way to simplify the entire process. 
The best part of Care-of is that they specifically curate your daily vitamin packs to be exactly what your body needs to function at its best. All you do is take a quick five-minute online quiz, and you can even customize your daily supplement packets too. Not only do they have top quality vitamins, but I've really been loving the single packets of probiotics, the chill factor, and the dream team single packets, which can promote healthy relaxation and sleep, which I need all the help I can get in that department because I have insomnia. And since I have a lot going on health-wise, I'm trying to balance out my hormones, my autoimmune symptoms, and regulate my digestion, it's been really nice to not have to worry about buying all these bottles of supplements. Care of makes it easy and effortless. Supplement shopping can become so expensive too, but with Care of, you're really getting exactly what you need for a fraction of the price. So for 50% off of your first Care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code VIBEWITHIN50. Take out all the pressure and the stress when it comes to getting your vitamins and your supplements and go to takecareof.com and enter the code VIBEWITHIN50 for 50% off your first order. Um, it's kind of happening to me right now with somebody that I've been talking to. I just feel like he's stopped trying to like win me over or impress me or something. And I don't know, it's just been really, really weird, but it feels like a switch. But yeah, it's weird that like, I think what it is, and I've thought about this a lot, is like my perception has changed too of what I need in my life. And that kind of scares me because what if I fall in love with somebody at 33 and then at 43, that's not the right person. Um, I think the key is looking for people that have the same long-term goals as you and like somebody like my best friend who I've been able to like ebb and flow and grow and change with. We've definitely been at different places in our life. It's same thing with you and I. Like we're best friends and we've been at different places in our lives a lot of times, but we've come back and met at the same place a lot of times, sort of how Mm -hmm. we're doing now. I think that's important in a relationship too. And I mean, when I met my ex, I was 21 and I, uh, just was like, Oh, he drives a used Mercedes. Like he's my (laughs) prince. You know, I didn't even like, I thought that's all you needed. That was like, I just such low standards. So I mean, my standards were not exact. I didn't even have them. Yeah. It was like a negative standard. So he was nice. He was cute. He had a great smile. He drove a used Mercedes and he had a job. And that's all I cared about. Like he he bought me $90 perfume. Like I was a princess. So yeah, it was really um, not good. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like almost like a, a curse now though because I'm 33 and I'm like, are you a dad? Like, can you be a dad? Can you raise a child? Like, do you have potential in your career? Do you love New York City or are you willing to move to New York City? Because I don't want to leave here. That's um, your – So it's all these, like, bigger That's, decisions. like, your non-negotiable. Yeah, I mean, at least for now. I definitely see myself maybe having a home out in, like, Utah or I just – Dude, I want to go to Utah, Utah so bad. And, like, it's seriously just it's mars first of all but like it's just the best it's the absolute best place on planet earth like if you're into national parks it's amazing if you're into the ocean it's like the worst place ever but (laughs) yeah if you're into like hot springs and the colorado river and all of that it's just incredible um 
but yeah, I I think my non-negotiable is like definitely I'm going to be living in New York for a, for a pretty extended period of time. I just like the lifestyle here. So I don't know. I just ask myself all these big questions now when I meet people and it has way less to do with like I see women that are like, oh, he needs to be 6'3". I would literally date someone that's like four foot tall. Would you really he's... though? No it... fucking way. I went on a date. Okay, straight the fuck up. I have like a thing for Mexican guys. I don't know what it is. I find them short so Mexican hot. guys. Like our server today, love them, <laughs> love them, dude. I love them so much. Like I don't know. I think like short. My ex wasn't that much taller right. than me, but I've never really dated tall guys. But I think that's because I lived in South Florida, and there really aren't tall guys in South Florida. <laughs> like everyone's Latin, so they're pretty yeah. short. But um, but yeah, I went on a date with a guy once. I dated him for like a I will loose term. We went on a couple dates. We didn't really date, but um. He was shorter than me for sure. Okay. By like two okay. inches. He was hot as fuck. Oh, yeah. Though. I mean, you could be short and be hot. I, I, for some reason, I just oh. have, I just have like, for some reason, I've always, like, I've always attracted like tall, junkies, drug addicts, drug dealers, skinny as fuck. Like, I guess that's just what I've attracted, but. Basically, okay, so what you're saying makes sense, like, you know, the no standards thing. It almost seems like guys, like, pu- like put on this front and, like, they, they, like, they kind of have to win you over. They kind of have to, like, lure you in. And then when, when they lure you in and, like, you're in, you're in the bag and they know that they got you, they can kind of, like, let loose a little bit and then, like, go back to that shitty person that they really are because they because they won you over or or they so they think that they did totally totally is this i have to yeah i can hear you i accidentally no i can hear you my mic um yeah totally like sometimes that takes a month for them to reveal them their true selves can't talk and sometimes that takes Three years. I mean, it depends on how good of an actor they are. But I'm always like this fresh out the gate, like I'm just myself because I don't see any other way. Like I'm not trying to mold myself to be with somebody else. So I don't know. Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting ride dating. That's for sure. Like I've learned a lot about myself, but I've also just learned a lot about the behaviors of other people. Um I don't know. It's been it's been really yeah. Crazy. Because I mean, the the, the first couple years you were in New York, you were dating. You were like serial dating. You were like oh, yeah. on another level. Like, on, I was on Hinge. I was <laughs> Hinge. Like I was just. I would have like four dates lined up a week, but but most of them never played out. I mean, obviously, I'm still single, so all of them never <laughs> played out, but. Um, I would go and get coffee with a guy in the morning and then go and grab wine with another guy at night because I was just trying to meet people. And I think part of it was like, I wasn't really trying to find like a husband or anything. I, I mean, I had one at that time, but I was, I was trying to like just meet people in New York. And actually a lot of cool things came out of it. Like I've met some really good executive producers and and designers that I've worked with. I'm doing a shoot when I come back from Miami with this guy that I, kind of loosely dated for like six months we never slept together but we um definitely were like intimate or whatever and slept at each other's houses and things and now we're just friends and it's really great Mm -hmm. so 
I don't know. It's been it's been like exciting, but also just like it's a huge waste of time too. I feel like I mean, out of all the dates I've been on, which I w- would have to say is probably over fifty or sixty. I've really only truly I mean my old roommate I didn't meet him on a dating app we met at a coffee shop but he him and I are still really close friends and then this guy that I met this past summer him and I are still really close friends but other than that I haven't made any new friends in New York yeah yeah obviously I can't well do that this yeah year I mean COVID, it's different with COVID but, but yeah. I feel like you're really good at meeting people and putting yourself out there and just going out and like that's really admirable and you also do work with a lot of people in your industry and stuff like that so I I guess that also connects you to a lot of people but like one thing that I struggle with is like I you know I'm a yoga teacher and whatever I'm like I do meditation and like one part of me like really loves people and one part of me like really hates people like I feel like the last few years I've been tainted with a lot of different guys who have ghosted me or fucked me and then, you know, tossed me or just like situations that have happened to me that kind of have left me bitter. And then that like forced me to kind of like go inwards. Um, And so I've been focusing on like, you know, meditation and therapy and stuff like that. But for me, like when I meet someone or say I'm going to go out on a date with someone or whatever, like if, if they're like catching an interest with me, um, I feel like I just want to be honest with them out the gate. Like, Hey, like I'm going through like some stuff, like I'm, I'm dealing with like, I'm newly sober and like, like where's the balance though? Like, like, do you just tell them everything at once or like I don't know what's what's your take on that I mean my take is to definitely be honest up front about everything in your life whether that's like you know your past or or something that you're struggling with now I think if somebody is gonna judge you for that they're not the one for you period you know and it's such a hard pill to swallow but I just remember like meeting people in in college and in high school and I just I didn't care about anyone's maybe in high school a little bit I did but in college I was just like free I was making like 50 bucks a night waitressing I mean no one could tell me shit you know so like I didn't give a fuck I was just like this is who I am and the people that I attracted were like-minded people because I was being who I was and it's hard to do that when you're on like dating apps because there's all this anticipation right up front um, I almost wish there was like an app where you could like meet groups of friends yeah. or something. That would be really cool. Um, but yeah, I think for no matter what it is, whether it's something big you have to tell them or your past that you need to explain, just say it right out the gate. Like if they don't like it, right. bye, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like what and, we were talking about the other day, how it's like information Yeah, it's information, exactly. And, like, something happened last night where this person I've been talking to um, for the last two months, we've spoken every single night. And last night – or yesterday around, like, 3 o'clock we talked and he never texted me back. And then this morning he was being super nonchalant about everything. And um, it kind of pissed me off because it was like I was worried about you. I'm 
I'm worried about your dog. I'm emotionally kind of tied to the situation now because you've been codependent on me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know, like I'm supposed to talk to him later. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but basically what I'm going to say to him is like, you need to act how you want me to act. You know, like if you want me to care about you, you can't act Mm -hmm. like this. If you don't want me to care, keep doing what you're doing, boo, live your life. But I'm not going to, like, give you energy that you're not giving to me. Um, And it really annoys me when people make excuses like, oh, I've been so busy with work or, oh, I'm just really stressed out right now. Um, He said something like, I didn't text anybody last night. And I was just like, I'm not anybody. Right. I'm somebody that you've been talking to every night. And if you want this to grow and become a thing, which I'm pretty sure you do, then you can't treat me like everybody else because I'm not everybody else. I mean, truthfully, this is a little dramatic, but like truthfully, if we're dating to find a partner, we should – you should be treating me like I'm the person that's going to eventually carry your child. You're not treating me like that. You're treating me like everyone else that you've met at the bar. Yeah, what the so, fuck is that game? It's like it it's like that's like the that's the energy that like has stuck with me. This energy of like how it's cool to not give a shit, how it's cool like I was just listening to a podcast about dating and sex before we started this and the guy was like when a girl, you know, rejects me or you know when a girl like doesn't give me the time of day, that just revs up my engine to want her even more. And it's like that is such games and fuckery and that's like fuckboy mentality like and I've dealt with so many fuckboys in in my life that have literally made me to this person that I am today where I just don't have patience I kind of look at men in like this this like you're not kidding you're not fooling me kind of mentality like you're not you're not fooling anybody and like I don't know I just I have a very very low tolerance and low bullshit meter now that just kind of I don't know how to get past it it feels like a block yeah I mean I have a friend who's dating simultaneously with me like well she's actually not dating that much right now and neither am I besides this person I've been talking to but um she is the same. She's like, fucking fuck men. Like they're the worst. And I, you can't approach it like that because obviously the person that you're going to fall in love with is out there and they don't suck and they're not shitty. So you just have to be extremely open-minded, which is so hard. But I heard this thing once, and this is when you were, when you were talking, this is what I didn't want to forget. Um, men don't chase women. Boys do. And by that, I mean men will recognize directly what's in front of them. They'll just be like, oh, okay, she wants me and I want her too. Boys want someone Mm -hmm. to chase. And that's the difference. And I'm not looking for a boy. So anytime that I open up to a guy and he backs away, I just see that as like – Oh, you're a boy. Okay, good. Like – Good to know you're immature. You're like emotionally immature to the point to where you can't even say to me, hey, I'm really just not feeling this vibe. Like, can we be friends? You know, which is what ended up happening with this person that I'm shooting with when I get back. Like, we just sort of 
pivoted. We just redefined our relationship like two grown-ass adults do. I mean, and he's 40, so that makes a lot of sense that he's able to be mature and kind of um, – the only other person I've ever been able to do this with was, was men that were international, like not American mm-hmm. men. American men, for some reason, just like don't have the emotional capacity to to just like be like, hey, I don't think we're sharing the same mm-hmm. vibe, you know? Um What's funny is like most of the time the other person's feeling that too and I wish people would just say what they feel. That's something I've been trying to practice. But yeah, I don't know. If if a guy like wants to chase me, I I don't feel like running, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like guys – I feel like guys get off on the chase because it's like a sport and then once they catch us like a fish or something – it's like this this adrenaline rush that they get and it's like there's something to be said that like if if the girl makes it easy then it's like not as fulfilling for them or something definitely but again i just think it's boys that do this i think men are mature enough to know like they're emotionally in check enough to know okay, I'm, I'm ready. I want a woman in my life. I'm ready to have a family. I'm going to be her partner and represent her through thick and thin and, and have her back. And I, that's a man like, like you can fuck a man and he's not going to be like, can you go? Or I got to go or whatever. He's going to lay next to you and talk to you and have a conversation with you because he cares. I mean, obviously a lot of that is like chemistry and whether or not you're in the right place at the right time. I also heard something recently that men, straight men, maybe gay men too, I don't know, but men can't settle down with a woman until they feel like they can take Mm -hmm. care of her. So if a guy doesn't have his career in check, he doesn't have money in the bank, um, he doesn't have a solid place to live or a steady job, he's just looking to fuck you period. Yeah. Yeah. Be- because they can't take care of you. And th- and that's what men want to do with women they love. They want to take care of yeah. them. It's like in their DNA. And not trying to be like gender is not fluid because it totally is. But I think in certain cases, at least with the men that I date who are like straight mm-hmm. cis men, they um, – yeah, they just – that's well, just how it's they like, are. It's I think we were talking about this the other day too about how that broke dick is like – good dick because it's because they're they're either relying on you for housing or they're fucking relying on you for this or for that like with my ex with chef um he was living with me like almost instantly because he was like in this weird like living situation thing and I was just like well why don't you just live here we always hang out and the sex was great and he's the first guy who ever um, like went down on me and like made me actually come and like it was just this big real revelation for me and I was like oh wow like he's actually like trying to um, make me feel good and, and pleasure me but the reason why that was happening is because he couldn't take care of me in any other way financially emotionally I was on my own shit I was teaching I was bartending he was jealous you know all this stupid shit. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I'm going to use the word tool, but like that's the only tool he had in his toolbox. 
he didn't have anything else to work with. And then the jealousy of you working and doing your thing comes from him feeling insecure. My ex used to do the same thing. He came in and sat at my bar one time and some guy like had perpetually been coming there for weeks. He was not my type at all. He was really young and nerdy and like anybody could have looked at that guy and been like, Val's not going to leave her husband for that guy. Like, I mean, no offense to that guy. I'm sure he's going to find a girl. We love her, but we weren't the same. We weren't the same person, like, period. And he handed me his number, and I just took it because I don't know – at that time, I didn't know how to, like, kindly reject somebody. I was not very assertive. I was very just like, oh, okay, like, I have zero fucking boundaries. So I just took it and put it in the register, and my ex saw it go down, and he just, like, lost his mind. And I don't don't think it was because he really thought I was going to cheat on him. I think it was just because he was – he had no control over the situation, and he wasn't happy with his job. And here I was thriving, making money, making moves in my career, becoming a beverage director, meeting all these people working at Gramps. And he just um, didn't yeah. love it. He was just not feeling it. So that was his defense mechanism, I think. Yeah. Ugh, I don't even know. that. like that jealousy piece is just like you literally can't – sometimes you can't, you can't fix it once it's gone that way, once it's gone that direction. Um. Well, I'd love to like move into like our last little kind of segment for this this show, which I feel like would kind of be fun because we met when we were in art school and we were drinking and we were partying and I'd love to like kind of talk about a couple wild sexual experiences that we have that we remember because some of them we don't remember. Um <laughs> Good thing you're not recording this video. <laughs> um, <laughs> My face. So I'd love to just kind of talk about some st- sex tales that have kind of stuck with us. And when we look back, we're just like, wow, holy fucking shit. You first. I mean, <laughs> I was just like, I haven't really had that many crazy things, but that's bullshit. Um, I had my first threesome in Fort Lauderdale. That was really How fun. How old were you? Yeah. This was probably when I was like 23, 24. I was hanging out at my uh, my ex's house and we started hanging out with this girl. She was just a friend and we were like drinking and whatever and hanging out. And him and I had already kind of started talking about having a threesome. We were at the best place mm-hmm. in our life ever in our relationship. Like we were so happy, so secure, so sexually taken care of. And we were hanging out with her and he was just like – I was like, what do you want to do tonight? And he was like, both of you. And I was just like, hey, do you want to like have a threesome? And she was like, yeah. How drunk were you? And it was awesome. Really? Not drunk. That's, I mean, we were, we were drinking, but we weren't, it was the most healthy thing I think we had ever done in our relationship. Like she ended up marrying a woman, which I think I was sort of like this opening, open this door for her. I, I think I was the first woman she ever slept with. Maybe not, but I mean, by by no means do I credit myself. That lesbian like popping that, that cherry. But I'm, <laughs> I mean, but I – she was, like, so chill about everything. I never felt like she was going to, like, try and get him from me. I mean, it was to the point to where one day I remember we – like, because we had multiple threesomes. This went on for wow. months. Okay. I didn't know about and this. Yeah, it was – I don't know if you told really? me about this. <laughs> really? That's so – oh, my God. That's so funny. And, um, yeah, so I had to leave one morning to go – get on the thriller like tour boat in Miami with my uncle that was in town from Germany. 
he's like the classiest guy. I show up. I'm so hungover. I'm still on Molly. And I just left them together. Wow. And they totally like had sex like three times that morning. But I was so secure in my relationship that I didn't even think anything of it. I was like, sure, fuck, whatever. I'll be back yeah. later. And she, like they went out to breakfast. She went home. I never felt like he was going to leave me. I, we were just so wow. secure in our relationship. It was beautiful. Holy shit. So that's kind of a crazy Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that'll ever and, – and I was just in Miami like on this speedboat doing a tour of like Pablo Escobar's house and the music is like – thriller <laughs> wow <laughs> he's just he's so crazy that, wait so that's crazy. so fucking dope like I mean that's like I mean and that's that's so crazy to like to like see the polarities of how that relationship went like from from being so secure yeah to then him you know becoming jealous and just things things fizzle you know people like literally change like people's energies people change just change yeah I think you have to meet somebody with the same type of work ethic as you. Mm-hmm. Like some because at the end of the day that's what's going to define it. Like he never wanted to grow and change and be better. And if I did something bad, he um held that to me for like the rest of my life. So now my rule going into relationships and I learned this from my brother is my brother's like I'm allowed to change my fucking mm-hmm. mind. And I'm exactly the same way now. It's like one time I think I had said to him, and I know we're supposed to be talking about that's sex, cool. but like one time I had said to him um oh I really like this song and he was like we we were both very into music and had a big vinyl collection and he was like oh you like house music now and it's Mm. just like yeah maybe I've been with you for seven years I'm not gonna just be the same exact person as when I fucking met you that would be so fucking weird if you were that would be so weird if I never like grew and changed and became a better person and opened myself to new possibilities. And I just felt like I was in this like really weird box. Yeah. But anyway, it, during that time of our relationship, we were amazing and we were, we were sex capable. Well, yeah. <laughs> and it was awesome. Fuck. I mean, <clears throat> tell me a time. Um, I'm trying to like, I have so many weird fucking scenarios, but like, like literally fucking scenarios. <laughs> um, um I would say, okay, so one of the guys that you actually do know who I've, who I hooked up with, let's call him Dreads, um, you know who that is, <laughs> I, um, yeah. I met him when I was like, fucking, I think I was like 20, I was literally not, I was not of age to drink, and he would invite me over to the liquor store that his, that him and his family owned, and I would get shit-faced there, and I would just drink and drink and drink. And I remember one one day, we went upstairs to, like, the – where all the beer is and, like, where the fridges are. And, like, we fucked in the – in, like, the cooler fridge. Like, what the fuck? Like, the walk-in yes. cooler? First of all, that is the most opportune <laughs> place to have sex in South Florida. It's so it's, hot. And it's – so right and it was during the summer he but but honestly like now that I look back like that is such a fuckboy thing to do and like I was so about it like I was just so into it and I think he was like the first fuckboy that I was interested in and like it's crazy because we still talk to this day sometimes like uh, I hooked up with him like a couple years ago but like it was the typical fuckboy situation where 
I was like so obsessed with him and like he you know he was like eight or eight or nine years older than me and like he would like only text me at night when he was fucked up and like he would only sleep over when like he wanted to and like he only wanted to hang out with me when like it was okay for him and it was just such a weird fuckboy experience you know yeah like the the doing everything on their time thing I have a huge problem yeah with. like if I call you and you don't pick up like nine times out of ten but then you call me back and I always pick up there's a disconnect yeah it's like this isn't and it's about to be our phone this isn't just know? like I'm not just here for you like I'm also a human I'm also a human with emotions and feelings and when alcohol is involved I think it it just like in inflates their egos and they just like think that there's nothing wrong but yeah yeah it's it's alcohol is the absolute worst it's just a veil that you put over your eyes and everything seems to be okay it's those rose-colored glasses we were talking about earlier like that's exactly what it is I thought nothing was wrong in my life for so long until and I still drink but like I drink a lot less like I my drinking is so calculated now (laughs) like the other night I had some wine and I was like, okay, drink the Pepto-Bismol before you go to bed. Take a BC powder. I had a liquid IV, a coconut LaCroix. Like I was ready, dude. And that's how I have to be because I have – I also have a lot to fucking lose now. Like I have my career, my apartment. Like I can't go off the rails because then like no one else is holding up this ship except me, you know? So I'm trying to think of another – crazy sexual experience that I had I mean I had you have one let's let's do one more god oh my god what would be one you wait do you have another one because I I don't think about this wait hold on real quick do you remember like do you remember one night we we had we we drank like a whole bottle of like crown royal and like Oh, your mic is your mic is making that weird noise again. Is that better? Is that better? Yeah, that's better. It like it kind of sounds like okay, now it's gone. Um we like we were drinking Crown Royal and then we ate a bunch of tater tots and I just remember puking my brains out tater tots and Crown Royal and I literally have never touched Crown Royal since then and I was probably like 20 years old, so it's been over a decade. Was this when you still lived upstairs at quarter deck? Yes. We d- probably did it the night we were, like, having a jam sesh on Oh, the my drums. God. Do you remember those nights? Like, Dude, we so had, good. like, straight up, like, parties in my apartment. I mean, this this isn't a sex story, but when we went to see Jack Johnson or when y'all saw Jack Johnson and I passed <laughs> oh my God. out, like, I've never been – I've never been so fucked up in my whole life. Like, I'm pretty good at handling my alcohol. I've always worked around it, worked with it, been a bartender, whatever. I'm, I'm always the person that's like, I'll count the money at the end of the night, like, for, you know, behind the bar because yeah. I'm fine. But this time, I mean, I think I, I slept in the back of my element while you <laughs> and your friend from high school drove it yeah. back down to Miami or Fort Lauderdale from West Palm. I don't even remember. I saw the opening band. I don't remember seeing Jack Johnson at all. Did I just sleep on the blanket that We whole were night? all blacked out. And I vomited I vomited directly outside of the car. Like I remember you parking the car at quarter deck. I sat up and then opened the door and just threw up oh everywhere. God. It was so awesome. Yeah, that was yeah. I mean, I feel like um, that was the the peak of our drinking days. And like my high school friends were visiting and it was just such a shit show. <laughs> 
Oh my god, dude! I'm trying. I bet you I had crazier sexcapades when I was living in Miami because I was dating my ex for so long that I really didn't have. <clears throat> like I wouldn't have counted any of the sex that I had with the kitchen mm-hmm. guy as like that riveting. Um, did I have sex with people before that? I guess so, but nothing super crazy. It was just like me being in college. We would get drunk. Guys would come right. over. Not guys. Not multiple guys, but like a guy would come over. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I've never had sex in any like crazy places or anything like that. Oh, I've definitely had sex in someone's car in Miami. Oh yeah, time. but I can't. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, for sure. I had a crush on this guy from college for a really long time, and like when me and my ex were breaking up, he came. <clears throat> I think you definitely know this person. Um, but he came to gramps of ours bartending at and we went over to Coyo taco across the street and they have that like tequila speakeasy in the back and we were just hanging out like nothing was going on and i went into the back into the bathroom and then when i opened up the door to come out he like pushed me into the bathroom grabbed my face started making out with me and i was like oh okay okay we're doing this now and i'm pretty sure i gave him head in like a parking lot <laughs> as you would to like validate my own emotions yeah <laughs> as you do in Miami <laughs> as you do yeah well, and it's so funny because I, I I feel pretty rejected by that person or at the time I felt rejected by them like because nothing ever came out of it I still had a huge crush on him up until like probably two years ago um and now I just it's so funny like what scares me is all the people that I used to think I was so in love with I would never, ever date them. Right. Now. Like it's grotesque. So, what is that? It's because our standards have changed and it's because we are seeing with clear glasses instead of those rose colored glasses. And like our whole energy has changed. Like we're more focused on like us and like what we deserve and like what, what makes us feel good. You know, it's like we've been through all the fuck boys, we've been through all the narcissists, we've been through all the 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 fixer uppers we've been through all the the guys who had potential and we just you know we we've been through all of it so now we're just like wow like i'll take i'll take an equal i'll take a not a project yeah 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 i definitely don't want someone i can fix i'm stoked about that yeah it's gonna be a lot harder for me to meet somebody but that's okay i'm extremely patient i ran my numerology the other day and it said that in like three years i'll in three years, I'll meet somebody and they'll be from my past, which is mm. weird because <clears throat> that could potentially be someone that I haven't met yet. Because if it's three years from now, you could be meeting him now. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I could be meeting him now and then become friends or something. And then it could be from my past. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not looking too much into it, but it definitely gives me hope. That's interesting. I, um, well, I mean, the reason why I'm going on this trip to Mexico is honestly to integrate and everybody knows that listens to this podcast. I've been celibate for two years and it's time for me to like take little baby steps into integrating. And the way that I'm going to do that is by basically being more of a dom and telling them right right out the gate, like, hey, I'm... I've been celibate for two years. I want to start, you know, dipping back into sexual experiences, but this is the way it has to be. This is the way it's going to go. This is the way that it's going to be afterwards. And, you know, I got to rewrite my sexual story with like safer sexual experiences, you know? 
you do you think you want to be a dom because you need to be in control of the situation um I think like I don't I like not like the typical um definition of dom but like I need mm-hmm. basically I want to dom them and be like I'm gonna fuck you I'm in control and then after we're done you can leave and like I'm gonna be like okay now leave and also you should get a hooker <laughs> like a like male hooker I mean it's safe yeah it's safe like I have a friend it's he's a gay guy but he he gets himself a hooker every year on his birthday see the thing is is that I feel like I'm partially demisexual because I need to have some kind of emotional like eh. you could just have the same hooker on rotation though because then it's like a business transaction but this person does know you and care about Mm -hmm. you but it's also like also though I think hookers are kind of expensive also I don't think you can call them hookers Right, sex right. Workers. Sorry, guys. I'm <laughs> such a jerk. Well, I mean, it's no. And like, honestly, more. Yeah, power it's something to, them, to but... look into. But it's basically, it's basically <laughs> that. It's a transaction, and it's like I'm also kind yeah. of like doing a lot of like research on edging and how I just I feel like if I'm in control of their of their orgasm and like I'm edging them and edging them and edging them and then. I'm in control and then after we have sex I just tell them to leave that is like so like that's gonna rewrite it that's gonna like make me feel like okay again about sex but yeah I think you can totally find that person I was playing around with BDSM uh like two years ago with this person I met here in New York I've met him on an app that's specifically for kink and I'm very submissive in bed I I'm so in control of my life sometimes and I have to be this like managerial person that when I'm in bed I just like want to be told what to do I I literally you could like blindfold me and tie me up and I'd be like okay whatever you want daddy like (laughs) I'm just like I don't want to think about any of it um but yeah I met him through this app and we just had all of the same kinks and we ended up what up we didn't even hook up for like it's called field I'll send it to you like f-e-e-l-d It can be kind of weird too. Like I had four guys, like a group, like there was a profile on there once of four guys and they were like, hey, we just want to like have a gangbang. I I don't know. know. (laughs) It seems like a lot. But your Capricorn ass is like, "Hmm, that's like a lot of, that's like a lot of work, but I'm like into it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like this could be a learning experience. Um, Yeah. Definitely said no to that. And sometimes I feel like maybe I should have said yes, but I don't know. Very complicated situation. But yeah, I met this guy on there and we didn't even really ever have sex. Like we did, but it was never about like P and the V penetration. Like it was him. Like I remember specifically one time I went to his house and it was just like two hours of playtime. And at the end of it, we never had sex we just like kind of laid there, gave me some aftercare. Mm -hmm. Like we chatted, he showed me a book he was reading and then that's it. That sounds really nice. He cooked me dinner before. It was so nice. It was so nice. It's like, it's like such a, uh, a therapeutic thing. Yeah. He he would like break me down to the point to where I was like crying, but it was awesome because like I literally would leave and be like, I feel amazing. Thank you so much. And he's like, anytime and he would pay you no there was no it was no like financial transaction it was like a healing um we just yeah we just liked each other we like met on this app um 
we both were into the same things. He had a girlfriend in um, in Europe and <clears throat> he they are no longer together, but at the time they still were. And she knew about me. Mm-hmm. She knew that this was like part of his life and something that he was into. And I think Europeans are way more open to like Definitely. kink or whatever. But like I said, it was never like emotional or sexual. Like neither of us ever orgasm. Hmm. It was total like mind play. Wow. It was in the category of sex, but I almost feel like it was tangent to sex, you know? Yeah, I feel like this could be this could be a really fun episode to to do with you because I have some weird experiences with like foot dom things that that mm. my friend Gina, who we went to Jack Johnson with, she, she yeah. uh, God, there there's some weird ass shit that went down in Philly when I was living there because I was living right down the street from her. But um, I think that we're going to have you on, obviously, as like a recurring guest. And it's going to be fun because I feel like the listeners will be able to really connect on like all the fucking crazy ass shit that we've been through as friends. And like we can talk about like female friendships and how that can be like really challenging to navigate and like falling out to people and just everything. There's so many things that we could talk about. I could seriously, I can't believe it's been an hour. We could, I could sit here all day and talk to you about this stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I'm stoked. I'm stoked to do this. And I think we can relate to almost everyone because now we're like working professionals and we're normal people and we're like celibate and sober and like, you know, whatever, doing all these like great things for ourselves. But we were ratchet ass hoes. Yeah, we were ratchet ass hoes doing Instagram ratchet ass shit before Instagram was even a fucking thing. So let's not forget. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. There's so much unrecorded shit. Thank God. Um. So if people want to contact you, where can they find you? Val is a really amazing photographer and retoucher. She lives in New York. Um, where can people find you? So my website is ValeriePetrelli.com. Good luck spelling that. But I have an Instagram that's just at Good Exposure. It's sort of just a personal account I've had for years. I can't remember if it's on private or not. It might be on private, but if you guys request, I'll approve everyone. Um, and from there, you can find all of my other accounts. Um, so, And my website is linked there as just well. Just don't – any guys, just don't message her if you're broke. Just don't waste her time. <laughs> Please. Yeah, we're not. I'm nobody's sugar mama. I need somebody that's making as much as me right No now. fixer-uppers. None of that fucking shit. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> All right. That's the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Now I want to share the full song, Brand New Brain by Matt Bellina, co-written by me. So lyrics mostly written by me and the music all written by Matt. Enjoy. But how can I transform resistance? Release that struggle and harm. To calm energy Well I will make something Out of nothing Nothing at all You will hear me sing from the skies above ah, Check it 
Got a brand new brain. 